this is Positive Spark Plug, and I'm your host, Candace, and I'm so pumped for you to be joining me today. On today's episode, I have a very special guest, Melissa Mazuko, and we dive deep into her journey all about life, and we shake our booties, we dance, we have fun, we learn about how to dig deep, how to overcome huge tragedies that will derail you if you let it, if you allow it to, and we talk about parenthood, we talk about how to keep active, how to keep moving. This episode is full of inspiration, insights, and it's all about Melissa. Take a listen, enjoy, and let me know what you guys think. Here we go. Hello, Melissa. How are you? Thank you for joining me today. I'm good. How are you? I am excellent. Excellent. Um, I'm so excited uh, for you to be joining me on the Positive Spark Plug podcast. Um, I've been wanting you as a guest for a really, really long time. So I'm excited that we have now gotten the time to connect and uh, learn about you. Thank you. It's an honor to be here with you. Um, and uh, I'm glad we did connect. And I'm glad we were able to get out this time. Yes. Um, so uh, for all of my listeners, let's get to know you a little bit. I want to know three things that make Melissa extremely fulfilled within life. That is a really good question right off the hop. Holy moly. What fulfills me in life? Okay, so my career fulfills me on a daily. Um, there's always some light that one of my clients or my students give to me. Um, I teach both on the personal training side and the group fitness side. So there's always somebody coming up to me. Oh, hey, like after an osteofit class, my bone density, it's amazing. I actually went up a point or I didn't, it, it didn't fall down or whatever. Um, that's one thing that fulfills me. Um, another thing that fulfills me is being a mom and having my two kids and seeing their success and and seeing them not necessarily follow my footsteps, but follow in the way that I'm trying to teach them. So, you know, when I ask them to put their shoes away five times, the sixth time they actually get it that time, you know, um, yeah. that kind of a thing. <laughs> Just those simple little easy goals. And what also keeps me fulfilled is not looking for that big monumental prize like little steps in every single day and then you look back 10 days later and you are you're like oh my god i got so far like woohoo like you know like it's a little little journey like the little parts of the journey that make up the full journey um and makes me fulfilled just living life um i've never been someone to not uh I've always been a person to create possibilities, to kind of figure out where I wanted to go. And even when people thought I was quiet, I was still working on my master plan. Um, 
Hence the, the time that we're in right now, everybody was like, why aren't you like doing online video right away? Like, aren't you feel like you're going to lose your participants? No, because I'm watching to see. I don't want to pop onto every single social media platform and just be diarrhea to everybody. I wanted to really do it right and do, really do it well. And that's one thing that I go with in life is like, why do something 17 times when you can do it once? I like right? that. Yeah. 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 I like that. I like all of those. Um, so you gave me a lot here to grab off of. Um, so speaking of your career, um, dive a little bit more into it. Uh, you say you're a PT and group fitness. Explain, how did you um, find those types of careers and what brought you to that? Okay. So... What brought me to here and now is a whole bunch of things. Um, as a little girl, I was always dancing. Um, my mom put me into ballet actually at the age of three because she was tired of all the scrapes and bruises on my knees because I wasn't a very good walker. <laughs> I like to tiptoe around and occasionally I lose my balance, that's all. Um, and I was always trolling around. So she got me into ballet first and then from there, uh, I just kind of more, more ballet, tap, jazz, Hawaiian, that's all kind of went up. Um, and through into high school, when I got to high school, I, um, started teaching like a lot of ballerinas do. Um, by the time you're, you're, you're 14, 16 in there, you're actually working towards a teaching certificate. Um, so I did that. I did it in ballet, tap and jazz. Um, and then when I, decided to do school. Um, so something that kind of directed me in life a little bit was in grade 10, I was diagnosed with a learning disability, which is dyslexia. So I always knew that my brain was kind of wired differently. And um, I, as a person was unique. And that being said, when it came to those times where do you want to go to college or would you want to go to university or like what do you want to do? I went, you know what? Not that university is going to be, I wasn't worried about the challenge. I was worried about if my marks were good enough. And I, even though I had a learning disability, I never went to, you know, when I went to school where there was the general, then there was the regular, and then there was the advanced. Now it's a little bit different, the system, but I always went to the general or I was in advance, you know, like that I never went to, you know, what people thought I would be in. Um, so that being said, I had the level consistency, but I didn't have the um, grade point average. So I applied to a couple of universities, yeah. Didn't get in, that was fine and dandy. Um, but then I went into college and my, my dad at the time when you were registering for all that, my dad was like, I know you just want to be a full free spirit. I know you just want to dance your, the rest of your life, but something is going to happen in your life that may take you away. And I said, yeah, sure, whatever. Mm -hmm. And he's like, no, 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 you need a backup. So I'm like, okay, I love kids. Um, I love to teach. Uh, right now I'm becoming a a ballerina, like a, sorry, a ballet a teacher that I'm going to be doing from the, the ground up. So um, I 
so that being said, I'm just hearing my kids right now yelling and screaming at each other. Um, so that being said, uh, I decided to become an ECE. So I applied to all the colleges. I got into all the colleges. I decided to go to George Brown. Now, during that time, I decided that um, I was going to just do that and I do dance. So I would dance and uh, do dance practice at night and I would be in college during the day. Graduated through that. Um, my dad, as soon as I walked out the door, he handed me the newspaper and said, find a job. <laughs> I'm like, you don't waste a minute. I like literally just got off the podium and I literally have a job, like job application in my hand. I'm like, okay. So I got the first job I applied for, which was great because it was before and after school program. So I still got to have the life that I wanted to live. I still got to teach and had that income just in case. And I was still teaching and practicing during the day and at night. Beautiful. Um, then I kept, after I went to school and stuff, even though I was doing the um, uh, before and after school program and I was dancing, I still felt that need, like I, I wasn't finished yet. So that's when I went for my PT exam and I went and did my, at Humber College, I went and did the fitness and lifestyle management course that I don't know what they call it now, and we're talking many moons ago. Um, so I'm not even going to tell you because it's going to age me. So <laughs> so, that being said, so that being said, I got my PT while I was doing my uh, health, uh, while I was at Humber. And then once I did that, I'm like, you know what? Everybody's like telling me whenever I do boot camp, I keep shaking my bum. So why don't I just do my FIS? And then I got both roles and I can figure out if I, if I can't get any clients, I can at least go shake my bum. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> my bum has seen a lot of hours of shaking, okay? <laughs> so, <laughs> so that being said, um, that's how I kind of started. And so I started, at, once I kind of got that, I got into, somebody gave me a contact for Premier Fitness. So that, just saying Premier Fitness ages me enough. But um, <laughs> it was a really bad gym to work for. Um, I also started working for YMCA, which I was actually teaching ballet there. Um, decided maybe to do a little bit of fitness. Uh, the clientele in the area was not my cup of tea. I just kind of like, you know what, let me take a step back for a second. Um, and then um, something that defined me too was at 2000, 2000, 2000, 2001, yeah, I was a triple threat. So I was acting, I was dancing, I was singing, I was actually doing choreography for um, a basement theater kind of production. Um, so let's just say I was on the top of my game, getting clients, having all these classes, everything was amazing. Um, I was doing like local competitions with my partner, um, just like little things that, you know, kept the soul full. And from there, uh, December 20th, I got into a massive car accident. We're talking, you know, bones broken, um, face was all bruised up, um, all kinds of stuff. So basically my life halted. So when they say shit happens, shit happens. Yeah. And this thing that my dad was sensing was for real in my world. And thank God for that because I had 
income coming in um, because I was able to go back to ECE right away, but I had a journey with my body to be able to get back into fitness. It wasn't easy. Um, it was a lot of mental, mental work. Um, three weeks after the car accident, I went to the studio and I put my shoes on and I don't really have like those six inch heels. That's not what I dance in. And mine are like more like two and a half and put them on. And I got on the floor and I was dancing with my partner. And like 15 minutes later, my body was on fire. Um, I remember it was like yesterday because it's one of my fuel fuels for when shit goes down or when like the world is in an uproar and I'm thinking like, how am I going to, how am I going to surface from all this? So I got on the dance floor and 20 minutes later, I said to my partner, I'm done. I'm done for the day. He goes, what do you mean? You just got here. Like what's going on? And I'm like my body, I can't do it. He goes, yes, you can, you can always do it. So that was the first part of life when I realized how people perceive things and how people perceive people and how in someone else, someone's eyes, you could be the biggest and baddest person in the world and they just want to like do everything like you. It's like your little sister mimicking everything that you're doing, right? Yeah. And then there's other people who are like, huh, I see you're down. I see you can do anything that what you wanted to do because you can't do it anymore. <laughs> so that right there was life lesson number one. Um, then I, through that, I got really depressed. I put on 10 pounds. I didn't feel like myself anymore. I didn't recognize the girl in the mirror. I was like, what is, what's wrong with me? Why am I slipping away? What the hell am I doing? Like, I can't do anything that I want to do. I'm just stuck here at this before and after school program. I can't even play with the kids. I can't even run anymore. Like I had to also be careful because uh, the lawyers, I had lawyers involved with this, with with uh, my car accident, I actually got hit by a drunk driver who didn't have an address and he didn't have the license to drive. Wow. I was his third victim. Oh my God. I was his third victim. He had like done that it. Three in total. My night, I was victim number three. What? Yeah. So I'm not even going to say anything about our system, but he. Wow. I was the thing that stopped him from hurting anybody else. And the driver behind me in a prelude. So the other thing that saved my life was my car. <laughs> For all the car buffs that are listening to your podcast, I was in a 1988 Mercedes Benz and it was the 420 SEL. So it was like grandpa's truck that, sorry, grandpa's car that was four tons. And it was thankful to that car that I'm walking or I, I, I was able to walk out of the car. Um, the guy behind me in the prelude wouldn't have survived. The guy hit me at 110 kilometers an hour, letting my bumper, which is a two ton bumper, fly a hundred yards away from the accident. And actually just by coincidence where it happened, um, a guy friend of mine lived and my bumper was actually in his, in his driveway. What? So yeah, yeah, is that not ironic? With my license plate. So yeah, so all of that happened and um so but I learned many things from this. So when we had to go to court, I had um my boyfriend at the time, 
and the police officer on my other side while we were sitting in the courtroom. And I was like all eager, like you could see, like I naturally have blue eyes, but when you piss me off or something's going down where I gotta, I gotta defend, everybody knows my eyes go green. So when I'm getting angry and everybody's looking at my eyes and they go green, they walk away, which is okay. <laughs> which is okay. So my eyes were going green. Um, I was sitting there, I was clenching my fists and hearing all of the charges that he was being up for. And I was thinking like, thank God he's in that glass box because I really want to hop over this, this little barrier and I really want to smack the shit out of him. I really do. And that's not me. Like, you know me, I'm not like that at all. Like yeah. to everybody, I'm this like lamb. It's really hard to push my buttons, but believe me, when you push my buttons, you don't, the line comes out. So that being said, like <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I'm like, and then I, I, and then I sat there for a moment. I'm like, why am I giving him the benefit of my emotions? Like, why does he deserve them? He just, like, killed my life. And I've had to rebuild everything. And it was the strength in that moment that allowed me to tell myself, like, wake up. Like, you are being your own worst enemy. Like, really. Like, why are you letting him do this to you? He already took away your car. He already took away what's going on. No, 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 no. Push. Get going. Get off your ass. So that year, I ended up going to Camp Fit Pro. I took one year off. That's the only ever time I've ever not been, been to Camp Fit Pro. Um, and I, I, oh, shoot. Okay. My battery's running low. I might have to skedaddle out of the room for two seconds. I'm sorry about that. Um, so, yeah. So from there, actually, you know what? Let me pause for 30 seconds. I'm going to go get it. I need to move you over here. Okay. Okay, perfect. Here we go. Whoops. All of this computer work has me plugging in and plugging out. <laughs> yep. Okay, here we go. So um, after that, um, I went to Camp Fit Pro. Everything was, I was starting to see all the new programs that were out, started to get back in the business and side of things. Now, was I still doing ECE? Yes. Did I start to transfer out of ECE? Yes. Um, only because I got to a point where I got to a point with ECE where I wasn't being fulfilled. It's not that I didn't like my job, it's that there was so much political jargon that was happening that I just didn't want it. Um, also, I'm, I'm, I'm with you there because I also, like I have my DSW and okay. that's what I, I learned, I always knew about personal trainers and stuff, but I learned how it really kind of works um, when I was doing my DSW uh, diploma and um, I 
gained a lot of weight and I got a personal trainer and I fell in love with it. So I got my DSW and I moved back from my ex-fiance's back home and I started working as a before and after school program teacher. I absolutely loved it. I loved the kids and stuff, but I felt this still this desire that I was like, I need I need to try this personal training thing. Mm -hmm. So then I looked into CanFit. I got my personal training and I got my own little studio and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, I hear you there. It was, it's, it, the, the politics is just bizarre. When I, yeah, well, I went from like a private center and then when I was getting like kind of itchy, whatever, um, I also went for as, I'm an educated junkie. Okay, so and what I mean by that is like even from my fitness track record, I hold like 45 licenses and certifications that I can remember. So um, that being said, while I was doing all that on top of the EC, sorry, on top of the personal training and stuff, once I had finished all that stuff, I went back to do my ECE supervisor. I became a supervisor for a year, but the company that I was working for, they were they were great. It was a parent board. The people were great, but we had this one person who decided that because we had a surplus in a nonprofit childcare that they wanted to give our government grant to some UNICEF. It's like, oh. you can't do that. That's illegal. So when they were trying to push that through and they were also trying to push through another, um, another, uh, uh, not, another employee through the system, through our system. I was like, you know what? I, I don't want to do this. I don't want to get caught with by you guys. I'm not going to go to jail. So I ended up giving my sister-in-law who works for, works for the city of Toronto, um, my resume. I said, Hey, you know, see if there's something, something out there besides childcare. I wanted to take a break. Yeah. The first interview that I had with the city was for childcare. And um, so I did that for a little bit longer. I was actually a casual for a little while, which meant I could kind of pick my hours, but I kind of had to be within their rules and regulations. And then one day I decided that I was gonna go for um, an audition. Didn't know it was for the city. And um, I was on a long-term contract with the childcare that I was on, at, which was in those days, like far and few between, and you don't leave until, unless you have to. Um, but I had a really bad incident that I'm going to leave it at that. Um, it was very traumatic and um, it was happened with a child. So that's why I'm going to close the door on that one. Yeah. Um, but because of that incident, I went to this audition, found out that it was for Parks and Rec. And the person who held the audition said, was the person actually who gave me my FIS. Um, it was the late Dorothea. And she said, oh, it's you. I said, yeah, it's me. Is that okay? And she goes, yes. And I'm like, okay, cool. And uh, she goes, you're late. And I said, I know. I got into a car accident before I got here. And it was true. I had to hit someone from behind because I was like rushing, rushing, rushing. And I said to the lady, like, here's my name, address, whatever. I got to go. And got there. And she goes, do you want to do this at a later date? And I'm like, no, 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 it's fine. I'm good. She goes, okay, turn the music on and give me three minutes. I said, okay. I turned the music on. I think I gave her 30 seconds. Or it was the quickest three minutes of my life. She goes, okay, you're hired. I'm like, 
She goes, oh, but wait, I can't tell you that yet. If you know Dorothea, that's the way she is. And she said, um, I know you're in childcare right now. You have to make the choice to come over to Parks and Rec. And I'm like, but why do I need to choose? Well, you have to choose. So I said, can I have 24 hours? She goes, only because it's you, I'm going to give you the 24 hours. Because I know I'm taking a great, a great educator away from one area and bringing them over to me. And I said, oh, okay. So it happened that I flipped over and that's how I started getting all these classes. Now in the fitness industry, at the time that I entered uh, group fitness, Zumba instructors were not really a dime a dozen, but if you were a good one, you got a lot of classes. So I started off with Zumba because the city needed Zumba instructors. And at that point in time, I had gotten my Zumba, my Zumba Strong, no, sorry, Zumba Strong wasn't available then. Uh, Zumba B1, Zumba Gold, everything, right? So I go into my first class and I'm nervous as hell. And everybody's like, relax, you're fine. I'm like, okay, cool. So my first class was a success and I started growing and growing and growing and growing. So I got a phone call. I can't remember, it was from one of my peers. And she goes, so how you doing? How many, have you now supplemented your income by now with what you would have made to child, to, to fitness? And I said, well, I don't know how this works, but I just got 15 fitness classes in one week. Is that good? And she goes, no. <laughs> that's amazing. I'm like, but I feel like I'm doing too much Zumba. Like I got to vary, vary the, the playlist and this and that because I'm going to get bored, right? I'm getting bored. I'm hearing the same like Daddy Yankee song for like all day and all night. And, then I, and she goes, oh yeah, you got to do that. For sure you want to do that. I'm like, okay, cool. Um, so yeah, so basically I built myself up from that day forward in my, in my business, uh, sorry, in my fitness journey. And along the way I've had help. So as I'm doing all of these courses and workshops and all that kind of stuff, I'm meeting people and I'm meet, meeting big people in the industry, like Kenny Villadadu, like Mark Liebert, um, Peter Twist, and I'm just cultivating these relationships. And that is kind of how I've boosted my way up, not the fact of knowing them, it's not really about the name drop. It's about the education that they've be, been able to provide for me. So with Kenny Ladadu, um, he had so much interest in me that I was part of the Canadian trigger point, uh, trigger point educators to be able to do foam rolling. And with Mark Liebert, um, I was a part of his team for two or three years as a service provider to provide his programs for the Liebert system. Both, wow. the, uh, both the, oh my God, uh, the buddy system and the equalizer. Um, by then he didn't have the par parallettes until the, like, the last two years. Still a big supporter of both of them. Um, and I also have like my bar training, like, from Mary Hugh. Um, I have also gone into Pilates and, and gotten my level two Pilates reformer with body harmonics. I, this year I embarked on my yoga, uh, yoga journey. So that, that I had to, in my world, I had to leave yoga to the end because of the emotional, the emotional outlet that it has. So yeah. I know that my, all of my experiences, my car accident, delivery of my kids, uh, relationships, 
um, they all have emotional emotional attachment to some piece of your body. So yes. now is my time to let go, enjoy my journey, and enjoy, you know, developing or do, like. Right now, my my progression is my legacy. What do I want to leave behind in the fitness industry? And from what I hear, from what I hear that I'm doing is giving people inspiration that you know what you can be the underdog and you can be injured and you can be whatever, but you, but I've been able to and I've been able to inspire people to see the light at the end of the tunnel because I can say I've been there and I've done that. Um, yes. I've gone through many injuries. I've gone through many different facilities. And what I mean by that is working for a big wig company that you would think, oh, they sh you should be good with them. They should be. No, I was literally, I had three classes a day times six. So wow. 18 classes a week, 18 classes a week with this one facility. And in any facility, so sorry, 18 classes for three facilities under one big conglomerate, okay? So every single facility had at least two inches of dust on the floor every single time I went in. And over a time period, I was getting sick and I couldn't figure out like why I was always had ear infections. I was always having the flu, something, something in my lungs. Well, I was ingesting mold. I was ingesting the dust. I was ingesting the bacteria. I was like, all of that and i had to i had to do this and this is why i bring this up because in the industry if you're doing if you feel you're doing a good job that means your participants are your new sweat family and you love them and you have time with them and it's like all this like wonderful joyous joyous stuff right so in that facility i had 18 classes each class had 30 people. I'm not really good with math after 10, okay? Because we talk about, <laughs> you know, that. so if anybody's in there and is doing the math, okay? I basically bought this, brought this company every three months, $30,000 in their pocket. And wow. the custodians could not wash and wipe the floor before I got there. Okay? Not good. No, not good at all. And most of the, places that I work for also had uh, unions. So, you know, the custodians would be like, oh, you know, I'm part of the union, I don't get it. Okay, dude, I made Rice Krispies, I made cupcakes, I made all kinds of things to try and motivate them to give me a clean surface. After seven years, I said I had enough. And I had enough when my body was literally deteriorating. And I had an injury where I had a, I had an injury because of, the depletion of my immune system. I had a boot on my left leg. My, my body was taped. Man, now what I mean by that is rock tape, KT tape. I literally have stocks in KT tape. I would put Stuff like- works wonders. Oh my God, you don't understand. It's been like, like God saving for me. So I'd have, that night I had two strips on my back, both sides of my, my spine. I had one coming up the front of me. I had one crisscross, two crisscrossed around the knee, another one on the, and I thought like, what am I doing here? Like, this isn't healthy. So I decided, you know what? I put in, I asked for actually a leave of absence. Um, 
because of the system, something happened, whatever, I said, okay, you know what? I don't want to be doing all this paperwork. I quit. So I quit. And that was the first time I felt that I'd ever given up. But now in hindsight, as I draw back away from myself, I didn't quit. I just nope. wanted me first. My, my health came first. Otherwise, yep. I wouldn't be able to do this, right? Yep. You just yeah. rearranged. Yes, absolutely. So I want to ask you, I want to ask you a question. Um, Your mic turned off for some reason. There you go. Hello? Yeah, I got you. Sorry. Um, I want to ask you a question about teaching. Um, because you say that you started teaching in high school. Um, I'm kind of I'm gonna kind of bring some questions in um, to dive a little bit a little bit deeper um, into some of your background to just bring out um, what has brought you into this legacy. So you started teaching in high school. Um, what um, what would you tell any like high school um, teachers now, coaches now? um that are out there that are trying to make a positive impact um on anybody that is joining their classes um what would you tell them um that you have learned throughout the years okay so anybody coming into the fitness industry first time whether it be or even into the dance world first time high school or even i don't know in their 20s or 30s um i would say get your basic certification and then start building. So why I say that is because we never know enough in this industry. You never like there's this, it's an ongoing rotating room. And then every so often there's this new amazing idea or amazing theory or amazing whatever it is. And right now with the way the fitness industry is going and I know, I see it more in our generation that we, we as a collective is saying education is key because yes. if you don't know how to do something, when you're given, given the platform, you're not going to go anywhere. Yeah. Right. So it's like, it's like, how do you teach a jumping jack when you can't do a jumping jack? Yes. Fake it till you make it has gone out the window. That's in the 80s and 90s. And the 2000s and, and, and the next coming um, uh, century, it's all about having the education, having the knowledge, and you never have enough. And I say that, I say that with love, but I say that in the sense too that don't go get that same certification seven different places. <laughs> yes, okay. <laughs> Research the certification, see if it fits you, see if it fits your learning style, see, you know, like that kind of a thing. Like I myself went through a boxing phase. I got Piloxing, which is a combination of Pilates and, and, and boot camp. And then I also went to the Canadian, Canadian Boxing Fitness Academy. 
out in Oakville, Ross O'Donnell. I got all of his certifications so that I was, I'm a, I'm a level three, uh, level three kickboxer, level three boxing. You know, I, I did everything that he could teach me. Um, research, research the gurus. So research uh, Ross O'Donnell. Uh, pick up little things from him. Go to Mark Lieber. He's an awesome boxer himself. He actually started the physics industry with boxing. You know, pick up things from him. Everybody has, and you don't necessarily need to buy a course. Just go to someone's class. You can come to my class. I can teach you whatever you want to know. Uh, you can hang out with me, be a, a little chicky underneath my wing. It's cool with me. Um, if you are a fitness trainer, meaning a group fitness ex, teaching Zumba or high-low or whatever, make sure you know your music. Because if you get scared, but you remember the beat and what comes next after that beat, that's what saves you. So it's, I, I've learned all of this through my education, through talking to my peers, like, you know, uh, on Instagram right now, I'm having a hard time getting a video to stay more than five minutes because of the copyrights. I literally went on D everybody's DM and asked them the same question. Why won't my, my, my choreography stay up? And she goes, and one of my, the big wig says, says, mine doesn't either. Take a chill pill. I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> you know, like, it's just these things. So it sounds like you're saying educate yourself, reach out to the people who have already are doing what you're wanting to do and achieve and, and, and spend time with them, learn them. And also too, as you go through, you're gonna start creating a niche a niche market for yourself that, that you excel in. So I never thought Pilates would be my thing, but once I got my Piloxing certification, I, oh, sorry, Piloxing license, I was like, you know what? I wanna dive deeper into Piloxing. And the more you can offer people, the better you'll do in the industry because you have a more rounded connection. Also network, like really, really network is so important because you learn so much. And other people along the way, when you, when you think like, why is why isn't Melissa asking me for money? Because I've only been by her side for the last week. Like anybody else would have told me this is a thousand dollar course. Yep. I want to give you the education. I want you to succeed because if you succeed, I succeed, and that is a part of my legacy where I'm pushing people up through their plateaus. Yes. And giving them that extra push to say, yeah you're my inspiration as much as I'm yours. Yep. Yeah. So after, so after high school, um, you were doing teaching, but your dad wanted you to have a, a, a back support. He wanted you to have something that you could fall back on just in case something happened, which something did happen. Um, but you, you, you applied for different universities, um, and, and didn't get in and you then applied for a college for ECE. Um, what were some of the lessons 
um, that you learned throughout that time of uh, applying for university, you know, receiving the, the application letter saying, you know, thank you for your interest, but we're not accepting. Um, and, and what made you um, really choose ECE? Um, I know you say you love children, but there's so much um, more to <laughs> um, kids? You know, working with children. So what made you choose that, um, that course and kind of a, a small little uh, notification if you can? Yeah, um, because it was complimentary to what I was doing. Okay. Um, I wasn't, if I think of all the trades, I didn't, I didn't really want to be in any of them. Um, I didn't want to be a chef. I didn't want to be, well, I could have been a mechanic, but it was just, wasn't my thing at the yeah. time. Um, and nursing, I'm totally terrified of needles. So I would, couldn't do that. <laughs> actually, actually at the college that I was at, at George Brown, it was only the ECEs and the nurses. So the nurses would prank each other. And every so often there would be a needle that came out and all of a sudden I'm on the floor and they're like, oh my God, she passed out over a needle. Like, oh my God. Um, is on the floor again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, so I knew that wasn't going to happen. Doctor, you needed to be um, in university. Uh, I really wanted to... If it wasn't going to be ECE, uh, I wanted to do physio, physiotherapist. Okay. But, you know, there wasn't really a course in, in college for physiotherapy unless it was the lifestyle management. And I didn't want to, at the time, I didn't really want to double up um, on fitness, fitness. And I was really, really, I was only seeing dance. I was only seeing my passion. I was really, when I was in high school, I was literally paralleled with that. And um, I knew that if I had my ECE, it would help me with the three-year-olds and four-year-olds that I was teaching to help them through their development. So, so that's how I kind of picked it. And then when I went through the course, I'm like flying through it, like, you know, uh, all that jazz. And it's like, okay, now give me more. Um, but I had to be in the industry. Sometimes when you get a certification or sorry, like a diploma or an accreditation of some sort, you need time to digest it and to work yep. in the field. So I was told that I had to wait a year and then I could go for the supervisor. And so that's what I did. Um, so yeah, I would say, so that's why I kind of took that route. Okay, perfect. Um, yeah. what were some of, what were some of the lessons that you, um, that you, that you learned within, um, I guess I would, I guess it wouldn't be your first, I would say, I don't, I don't uh, what, what's the word that I'm looking for? like not a, a rejection, I guess, um, because you in dance and all that kind of stuff, doing auditions and all that kind of stuff, you, you're, you're going to face those. Um, mm -hmm. what are, what are some of the lessons that you have learned throughout, you know, your getting rejected throughout dancing and, and, you know, university and can you explain, um, how you kind of went, got over them? Okay. So, it's tough. Um, you, everybody says, oh, you got to start to wear a tough skin. My skin never got tough. My skin has always been transparent. Um, just as more no's came, 
the harder I trained so that there had to be a yes. There had to be a job out there that, that, I, that was good for me. There had to be something out there that was good for me. And if it wasn't, I was going to, at one point I was going to start to create it. I actually started, I had these little flyers, these little black and white flyers, and I was going around town, you know, stating I was a personal trainer or, and the fact of, um, the fact of I taught dance, do you want personal dance lessons in your home for $25? I mean, that's now that would be $75. Um, so there was a lot of that. And also too, I know through the podcast, you're not going to be able to see my body. So I'm going to say it like this. I've never been that little model-like figure. I've always been the European figure. I have curves. I have boobs. I have hips, you know, all that jazz. So walking into some of these auditions and even fitness auditions, I was getting judged just for my body type. And when I went through, like, I'm not... I'm not obese and I'm not overweight. I'm just, I'm just, I just have muscles and I have, yeah, I have muscles. And so being in a world where many people were long, lean, and not a lot of muscle tone, when you come in, already muscles developed, already halfway to, to what they would call your retirement, which doesn't happen now. They were like, uh, how much life do we have out of her? But she's got a beautiful pirouette and she can jump wonderfully and she can do the splits any other way you want her to. Uh, you know what? Let's put her to the side. We're going to tell her no and maybe we'll call her back. So I can tell you three months ago, no, four months ago, a woman came into my Zumba class and she looked at me and she's like, but you're not skinny and you're the instructor. No way. Oh, hell yes. It even happens in 2020. Oh, I knew it happened, but I don't like hearing about it. That is <laughs> but this, uh, is how, this is how I dealt with it. I said, well, you can stare, you can go, but I tell you, I'm going to make you sweat. Yeah, girl. And so she did my class. And she said to me in the end, she says, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I judged you for what you look like. I can't believe you move like that. You move beautifully. If you didn't say to everybody that you were a dancer in the beginning of the class, I would have walked out because I really wanted to see how really you could move. And the you fact that- You move beautifully. You could, yeah, and she even said, you know, you can, you can move beautifully, I'm sorry. And she goes, and how did I break a sweat but you didn't? <laughs> I said, because my body is more efficient. I, even though I have my muscles, my muscles work more efficient because I don't have, you know, the fat that she had, right? Yep. So I didn't say it like that. I packaged it a little bit nicer, but you know, it's us and we're, we're being candid and, and uh, no bullshit, right? Yeah. So, so I said to her, yeah, well, I'm, I hope you come back. She goes, oh yeah, I'm coming back tomorrow. I'm like, great. Because um, at this facility, I teach Monday to, Monday to Thursday at the same time. So, okay, great. All different classes, but at the same time. So you need to embrace everybody's insecurities. And that's what it is. They don't, it's not, be, they don't, they don't want you because it's you. It's, they don't have room for you right now or something just isn't a good fit. I've had auditions where I've gone and found out afterwards, my friends being a part of the team and 
They go, oh my God, thank God that you didn't get that job. I'm like, why? What's wrong? He's making us dance five hours and then we have to do our stretching for an hour and then we have to do whatever, whatever, whatever. And like, it's more time and commitment than we thought of. And right now we're, we're like, my girlfriends were like, well, we might have to like, let go of our jobs just to do this production. And I'm yeah. like, do you really want to do that? You know? So there's always a method in sizes. Yeah, exactly. The universe has your back. I've always been a spiritual person. The universe would only give you what you can hold. And if you are not ready for it, the universe won't give it to you. You have to prove to the universe that you're ready. And then there's this huge ass wave of download of all of these wonderful things. Like, like, I was talking to someone the other day. I said, I have been more busy right now doing with doing things that I haven't had the time to do with this, you know, epidemic that we're facing that it's amazing. Like I, yep. you asked me for the podcast. I was able to do a podcast with Dion Mason, you know, I able to like do another interview, like all of this stuff coming. And it's funny because I asked the universe three months ago, Hey, I'd like to do more in this capacity. And all of a sudden, the universe said, hey, she's got time now. Whoosha! <laughs> and it all happens, right? So don't think about it as you aren't enough. You're beautiful. You are amazing. It's they're not ready for what fierceness you have to bring or you're going to bring. And it's and it also sounds like um, you're saying stay consistent, um, stay determined, keep working on your craft um, because that is what's going to make you prepared for when the universe says, "Okay, you know what, girl, or you know what, man, you're ready. We're gonna start letting that wave come in." And uh, it's due to the fact that you 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 kept patient um within all of those those no's and those rejections or oh um not right now's and you stay persistent and and determined and you kept that passion alive um that's what it sounds like you're kind of saying yes and on top of that you have to balance it you have to go and do some inner scope and what i mean by that is once a week um except when we have like minus 45 degree weather here in toronto ontario canada um (laughs) (laughs) my find your element so my element is water i let go when i see water so i live i don't live far i don't live close but i don't live far away from the beach so i go down to the lake shore um and i literally get a pen and paper and whatever I want to be thankful for, whatever dreams and aspirations I have, I put in that journal. And that is like my meditative journal or meditative time to reset. If people just see your body as work, you're, going, you're not going to be able to receive. If you let go every once in a while and show that you have space, it'll yes. come to you. So yes, work on yourself. Uh, but you got to create balance. Absolutely create balance. Got to work within. You got to, you, you got to, you got to find, um, those, those inner energies that our Mm -hmm. body holds, Mm -hmm. um, all of our body holds our energy in, in different circumstances and they arise 
um, when certain things come up. Um, so yes, definitely working within, um, figuring out how to balance your energies, how to be able to shift your energies um, for certain circumstances to release energies is extremely important because yes, that's how you're going to allow any real true abundance into your life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so throughout your journey, you've, you mentioned some really high, um, high out there, big impactful, um, fitness, um, gurus. Um, but I want to know, um, who throughout your journey has really, um, really impacted your life and, and, and has been a true inspiration to you? Ooh, <laughs> that's a tough one. Um, I have hung on, not hung on, I shouldn't say it that way. I have followed certain people for reasons. And my reasons have been more about inspiration and education. So my big brother of the industry and the most predominant and powerful would be Kenny Liradu. He, sorry, did I say that right? Kennedy Liradu, yeah. Um, he, he's provided me with uh, his journey, which he's been a fitness provider for many big wig companies, uh, CamFitPro, Point itself. Um, he's brought many companies from the US to Canada so that we could get educated. Um, EBFA, meaning the barefoot training. So I have followed him through that. And through that, I've been able to be on the cutting edge of all of the education that has come to Canada. Um, that being said, if you know Kennedy himself, he is a walking encyclopedia. <laughs> Any conversation that, I mean, you must have had conversation with him. Like you're just, you're standing there in awe and listening to every single morsel that's coming out of his mouth because it's like, he keeps dropping cookies on your plate and you have the milk. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's just, he's just amazing. Um, and he's also called me on my bullshit. You know, he's like, Melissa, come on, let's go. Yeah, get yep. off your ass and move. Like I, I know you better than this. I, I've taught you better than this. He's like, he's the, my big brother of the industry. Um, I've known him for over twenty years. Um, know his wife, and um, he also introduced me to some awesome, crazy people like Joe Arco and Sarah Fennell and Jason Prasad, um, who's part of my my personal medical team kind of thing. Um, yeah. Also, who's also the other big one? Actually, there's two. They go hand in hand because they're like brothers. And it's Mark Liebert and Dan G. Nicola. And Mark Liebert gave me my first walk of being able to teach other people what I know um, with the Liebert uh, bars because I fell in love with them. They were love at first sight. I didn't really care for Mark, but the product was amazing. <laughs> 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 you know, um, sometimes it's the other way around for some people, but, you know, and then Mars education and where he's come from and how he, his story inspired me to be like, money is no object. As long as you have passion and inspiration, you can yeah. make anything happen. Yeah. And Jeannie Cola, same thing. He was, when we talk about the audition process, I think of him. His model is be that one. That is his, 
that is his succession key. And he, it's like, he taught me, you are the one and only person who knows what you know. And if they yeah. want to pass you over, that's fine. But they're missing out on that damn awesome person that you are. So I always, you know, have different pe people in different places of my life that I kind of say, hey, wake up, remember this. Um, also through, through my growth currently, um, I have a mindset coach. Um, I actually kind of have two, but one is more predominant. Well, I can't say that because he's one of our friends, Blake. Um, oh, yeah. So Blake's helping me out yes. with a lot of my little, uh, my little internal fights. And yes. the other one that helps me get rid of them is Brenda Johnson. She's amazing. Okay. She gives me meditations. You know, I'll come to her with something and she'll be like, girl, really? <laughs> Like, get over it. And she'll, like, make... It's like, Blake Blake makes the cement, and she makes all the fluff go away. Nice, yep. Right? So, to say that it's one person or one thing, like, it's not. It, for me, it's been many people. Um, and for somebody, it could, be, it could be one person. For somebody, you know what... Um, Blake could be everything or, you know, whoever could be anything, but yep. for me, it's just little people like it hasn't been. And also too, not to be egotistical, but myself. Yes, you know? girl. <laughs> <laughs> Trying, um, like, you know, for how far I've come and where I want to be. And the fact that I can be my own innovator and I, I have this, like knowing that I have the strength to be able to push forward and the fact that i woke up today was amazing you know like yeah you know you, we should all be our biggest fans if we can't cheer for ourselves well how are we going to get anybody else to cheer for us right yeah and, yeah and i was talking to someone this morning um uh chris i was talking to chris this morning and he said you know in the fitness industry we have to sell sell ourselves and if we can't sell ourselves to somebody who else is going to sell us? Yep. Right? So even like the, your gym, your classes, my gym, my class, all that kind of stuff. It's, you know, it's, it's we got to be able to be our own cheerleaders, like you said. Otherwise, you know. Especially in the hard times where we really are battling with our inner selves on um, is is what we're giving and who we are enough. Um, we really need to learn how to, you know, work within those energies to transfer that, that am I enough to I am enough and what I am doing is enough and it, and it is impactful. Um, to, to go back um, to, to the teaching and, and your dad wanting you to go get your EC or get something to fall back on because of, you know, just in case something happened. Um, something did happen. You went through a horrible, tragic car accident, um, which left you having to relearn how to move your body. Um, can you go, and, and obviously that is extremely um, and mentally um, toxicating. Like it probably takes a lot of, uh, a lot of mental strength. And how did you, how did you work through that? And, and, and how did you 
tell yourself and, and the doctors and everyone around you and how to deny them, say, no, I am going to, to move my body again and, 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 and have it so that I can express myself. It was one day at a time. It was once I realized I was my own worst enemy, I was one day at a time. And, um, it was the fire within me that got me back on that treadmill. It was, um, it was starting to not give into the cravings, start starting, not even the craving of being depressed. Like, no, you, I didn't have room for that anymore. Um, it was putting motivation on my walls, putting motivation in my mind, redoing my mindset to thinking like, okay, today I got the three pounds tomorrow. I'm going to get the five. Wait, if I can't do it and having saying, if and I can't, I had to get rid of that. I had to get rid of that and I had to really um, work with, I can, I will, and I'm not going to back down. And yes. that is something that I, that was my, in my, in my head, everything, I actually put a, a picture of what I look like um, in a costume actually. And I wrote that out and like every, every kind of wall that I knew I looked for more than five minutes, I yep. put an affirmation up. Right. Um, and I had like different pictures of my life and remember the time, remember the time I'm going to get there. I keep to this day telling my mother, ma, I'm going to be so famous that I'm going to have my own house and I'm going to have like cars galore. Cause cars is another passion of mine. Um, cars galore. I'm going to buy you. A, I'm going to buy you your Bentley that you ever want. And I'm going to be, I'm going to have 3 million in the bank. Yeah. And you know, mom, I'm gonna be rich. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna, mom, I'm gonna be rich and famous one day. I'm gonna be rich and famous one day. Meanwhile, back in the real world, I was in the red. I was still striving to get to where I needed to go. My mom saw me hustling. My mom saw me, you know, being mom, being being um, a business owner. Da 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 da. And she's like, Yeah, you're gonna get there. Yeah, you're gonna get there. So. So that's kind of how I got through it. Like the messages changed the messages. And we, like we say, we can be our own enemy by saying, I can't, I won't, I don't think I can. No, 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 no. Change it. Even if it's one day at a time and, or you could even do this, have the negative thoughts come through. Say, yeah, you think so? Okay. I'm going to change you. I'm going to beat you up today and tell you that I can. And then tomorrow when you come in, if you come in, I'm going to do the same thing. And hopefully one day you're not going to come anymore. Yes. And it'll happen. It'll happen when yeah. they don't come. It'll happen where you wake up and say, ah, I'm a badass. Yes. Yep. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Um, go, go across. <laughs> yeah. Oh, good. Um, yeah, really, really being able to, um, get into what I like to call it, like you kept saying script and I love that you kept saying that word, um, because I like to say that we have two movie reels in our, our mind and it's the subconscious and the conscious and our main focus really should be what our subconscious mind is playing because it transfers over. It's that tiny little 
um, reel that goes into the big one. And it's what we're thinking in this one that really projects our life in the conscience state. So if we're thinking, you know, I'm not enough, I can't do this. Um, oh, listen, the doctor said I shouldn't, or I can't do that, or I won't be able to. So I'm just going to listen. Um, I'm not going to try. I'm letting, you know, your passion, you know, burn out and stuff like that. If you have that set as your subconscious mind and it's just playing in your thoughts, your actions outwardly are going to show that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, so in order to um, keep yourself going, you, you kept saying that you kept putting all these inspirations all over. Um, so surrounding yourself with um, positive affirmations, um, your mom seemed like she uh, was a big, a big support in, in, you know, telling you, yeah, you are going to be rich and famous. You are going to do those things. Um, so what other supports um, did, you, did you utilize um, to help create uh, your passion um, within this, you know, time uh, of uh, struggle? At that time, I was kind of, I will, I, I was a one-woman one show. And uh, yeah, I was a one-woman show. There wasn't a lot of people around me. Um, I've always been the type of girl, I've never, like, I, I have, like, a handful of really true friends that, you know, you want to go to a club, you want to go out, you want to do whatever, you know, I'm there for you. Um, or I'm there to, to listen to all your whims and woes. But there was never anybody um, that was by my side kind of cheering me on. I was in a very um, secluded spot in my world because a lot of people around me couldn't understand, didn't understand. They didn't understand why the day before I woke up and I was like bouncing off the walls. And then they didn't understand when the next day after that, I was in bed and I couldn't move because you know, my muscles had tensed up or something, something happened. Um, or all of a sudden I got this massive migraine because my spine has too much tension in it, but like I'm moving around, you know, like there's just certain things, certain things like after, after the, after the accident, certain things that, that you, I can't explain to anybody, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I was literally dealing with it on my own because I didn't have that support system. Um, so I'm just used to that now. I'm in that spot where um, I become very, very independent. Yes, I have my mentors. Yes, I have, uh, I have, actually, you know what? Over the years, I've actually created a full team. I have three beautiful people that have been in my circle for the last probably 10 years now. Um, one I got reconnected with, another one I, I, I um, she came to one of my classes, we became friends. Um, and they're actually my fall team. I actually now just realized that, you know, I'm going on a live video. They're there to support me, letting me know, you know, is the volume okay, the feed, all that jazz. Um, so I have that. 
Um, and, you know, when it comes to like injuries and that kind of a thing, I just kind of hang out by myself. And you do nothing. Yeah, it, I, it, it's me hiding. Like when people don't can't see me on social media or they can't see me at, in a conference or something, like Melissa usually is here. Why isn't she here? Yeah. Um, or I can say um, my nickname in the Zumba world is CP24. <laughs> every single uh, every single of everything else is there. Um, but for the last six months, um, dealing with injuries and stuff. I've been away and everybody's like, where are you? What's going on? Where are you? So yes, people pull, try and pull me out, but I'm just like, you know what? I'm good where I am right now. I'm just recouping. Let me be, and when I come back, you know, it's almost like I'm not showing anybody the ugly side. I'm not everybody. I'm not letting anybody know what I'm down. Um, some people might say, well, you got it. You got to be able to get back up. Well, I'm coming from a world where, for the last 20 years, I've been getting back up on myself. And it's been me in my time saying, okay, get me the ladder to get out of this hole. And every single time I climb out. Um, so, and I don't ever see that ever not happening. Um, it's just that hole is my recovery time. It's yeah. me, it's me. Like, you know, at the end of the day, when someone says, oh, bloody, I need a bath. I need to get in the bathtub and like release all of this into the bathtub. Yeah. I'm just sitting in the bath for a couple of days. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we yeah. all we all need to do what is best for us in Absolutely. all and and we only know what that is by trial and error, learning ourselves, trying things out, and and if stepping back when an accident happens or you're you're in uh in a push to to work on things um yeah. or you're not wanting people to see your ugly side um it, it's if that's your way of of handling it and working through the energy um and it makes you better on the outside or on the other end of it then you do what you need to do and no matter what anybody else says um is it doesn't really matter and and to those that are maybe in your circle jumping onto your your lives and telling you all those things they won't they won't necessarily care that you're taking that time they're just going to pop in and jump in there in that hole with you for a little bit and say hey can yeah. i just hang out here with you for a little bit and just hold space for you while you're here and, and get out and if you want to jump out with me cool if you want to stay in there and and keep working on things cool i'm still here for you and yeah. whenever you want to get out we'll get out together and i'm, I'm going to be here when you're out um that that that's just life and everybody deals with things differently on the other hand there's some people that need that conversation that that need to be surrounded by people and if that's you too then cool surround yourself with those people that you need it, it everyone's different and and it's self-awareness that's going to really allow you to thrive in life and, and get you through all scenarios mm. Absolutely. Um, so you're a mom so let's not get rid of that because that's yeah. 
fantastic. Um, woo woo, moms all over the world. Uh, God bless you guys. You guys make um, little humans turn into amazing humans and, and, and impactful humans for society. And um, you guys uh, should get all the credit in the world. Same with dads out there that um, are involved and, and participating. Um, so let's talk about being a mom. So you're a mom. How does this all fit into your journey? Um, I don't know how it fit in, but it just happened. <laughs> um, okay, so how are you making it fit in since it happened? Um, I always wanted to be a mom. I wanted to always have my own offspring, and I wanted to bring more little people into this world. Um, and how I fit that in is I actually schedule my time for them. So... I make sure like my morning classes are really early. Like we're talking 6.30 a.m. boot camp. So I'm home for 7.30, 7.45. Um, and from there, you know, making breakfast, getting them off to school. And then in the fitness, fitness industry, except for personal training, usually between 2 o'clock and 5 o'clock is dead time. And yes. that's my time with them. I'm lucky that my daughter gets out of school at three. So I grab her from school and do homework and do dinner. Um, sometimes I'm sitting there with them, sometimes not. Um, sometimes apparently we eat too early and they need a bedtime snack. Uh, <laughs> I, make sure, I make sure that I am home most nights by eight o'clock, 8.30. Now, my guys now are bigger. I have a 10 and a 13 year old, so they don't go to sleep at 7.30 anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Those were the days. Um, Wouldn't that be nice? Oh, it would be awesome. Um, instead of him like, get up, get up in the morning, he'll go to bed really, really early and then, um, and then wake up early uh, and on time. Uh, other than that, uh, one thing that I did this year is I asked Gianluca's um, hockey coach if I could do their dry land. Oh, so, nice. Yeah, so that, A, I didn't ask anything for it. I said, it, like, you know, it's great for my resume, A, and that's one of the reasons why I did it, um, kind of trying to transition into that body transformation uh, and sports area myself. And um, also, too, it gave time for mom and Gianluca time. So mom and, mom and son time, um, yes. which I feel like right now he needs, um, yeah. he needs that. So did that, uh, as, as my Wednesday night. Um, other than that, that's basically it. I try not to work on weekends. Um, or like I try not to work on especially Sunday. Um, okay. because I, I need an, personally, I need an off day. And yes. my kids need me to be home one day. And we yes, just all need off days. Yeah. And just and just for me just to do like, you know, um something that we can do. Go for a bike ride and go, you know, to the lake and have lunch at the lake, something like something cool. Um usually Saturdays I work half day and I can't really like they're like, Oh, but you know, half the day is gone. We're we're not really doing much with you. So, you know, Sunday Sunday is Sunday is fun day. Um yeah. So that's why there's that. Like, so yeah, like I, I 
put them into my schedule and just have fun. And it was easier when they were smaller because um, they, they, how do I say, they sleep more. <laughs> now it's like, and also too, they didn't have as many distractions. Now with Fortnite and TikTok and all that, I have to wait for the Fortnite game to be done. I got to wait for her to finish her TikTok in order to get them out of the house. Um, so yeah, those are the, the two, two big things with them now that I'm, I'm facing. But other than that, you know, we just pick fun things to do. And 99% of the time we're outside. Um, every, every occasion, like we're a very, uh, competitive family. So we play, you know, and go fish and stuff for game night. And, um, they don't like it when mom wins, <laughs> but yes, mom does win. We don't always let you win. <laughs> no, you can't do that. You cannot do that. <laughs> you know what? You I'm not a believer in this, in this, you know, kids do no wrong, whatever they do. No, it's not, it's not the real world and you're not, you're not <laughs> always going to win and you're not always going to get a ribbon and there are there's always going to be someone losing and someone winning. And I find it extremely, extremely important that we teach um, young children how to lose properly because um, one of the children in my before and after school program, he was an extremely competitive little guy, um, really good at all sports, really extremely athletic, um, but he always needed to win. He always needed to be on the winning team. And when he wasn't, it was always, oh, my team sucks or I, yeah. I got wrong or whatever. Yeah. And when they lost, he was just absolutely floored and, pit and, and, and angry. And when it would come time to when we were um, the, the leaders or the people that got to pick the teams, I never really, um, I always try to teach him the lesson um, of, of how he lost as why I never picked him to be on my team. I, I did to some degree, but anytime he would ask, oh, why did you never pick me? Because I always tell him the way you lose is not the way that I want my energy on my team. And I would rather have somebody know how to lose properly than know how to win poorly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and, and it took a really long time to wrestle with that. Um, but eventually it kind of came to where he was like, you know what? It's all about my attitude. How I'm winning is extremely important. Am I, you know, am I bragging? Am I showing off? Am I voting? Or am I taking time to be proud of myself, be proud of my team and, and acknowledge that, but also acknowledging, you know, the teams that I, I faced and, and, and their hard work that they brought um, to, to the table as well is extremely important, but how you lose is also extremely important. Are you name calling? Are you, are you saying that the team cheated? Are you pissed off? Are you sulking? Um, all those things are really important. And how you manage them is going to determine how many wins you're going to get in the long run. Mm -hmm. No, I totally agree with you. Um, I've tried to teach my kids how to win nicely. Um, but yes, and like yourself in the childcare, in my childcare days, there were kids who did not know how to, to, um, 
who always had to win and did not know not know how to greet the person when they were losing. And I hate it. I hate that, oh, you cheated. Oh, you cheated. I didn't cheat. I just have skill. Yep. So today I showed up better than you. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and that's something that kids of this generation have to realize. And as parents, not be those helicopter parents. Oh my God, they fell. What am I going to do? Um, I teach a mom and baby class and you like the things that I see that go on, like we have this one mom, she wouldn't let her son play with anybody because she knew that he was going to hit, but he didn't hit because he was being angry. He hit because that's how he communicates. Yes. So we were trying to get her to let him communicate and show him that it wasn't good. And she was like, no, 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 I'm just going to keep him in his cave. Well, okay, then. That's He's never so going to develop and grow. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so with, with being a mom um, right now, especially to kids that are at an age where, you know, they've got energy and then they get really bored fast and then they also can be extremely um, focused in on certain activities like, you know, video games that, you know, they shouldn't be for so long. Um, I'm going to get kind of into, now that we've kind of talked about um, you and your journey and, and, and parenthood, um, how are you how are you coping right now with your journey in um this pandemic that's happening like how are you keeping your kids you know sane how are you keeping yourself <laughs> safe how are you keeping your your business and your community thriving um with all that's happening right now okay so i my i myself this is a big question because um there's a lot going on so i myself went online and started doing videos actually uh, on our call right now i just got a message that my ig video was completely blurry and nobody could see me so i yeah i had one on ig i had one on facebook and then i did a recording on zoom so i have to pull down the blurry one put the zoom one up on the ig whatever you know however I can. Um, I'm doing another uh, one tonight. Right, probably. Probably. Um, but yeah, so I'm going to do another one tonight anyways at seven. It's going to be half Zumba, half uh, strength training. And yeah, and um, so that's how I'm trying to keep connected to my community. Um, now, there's this big issue about pricing and like in our industry everybody's like everybody charge because now this is where our industry is going to grow and everybody's going to you know have like understand our worth and blah, blah blah even if it's just a dollar per class you know it's only a coffee they're driving they're getting into their cars and driving to starbucks anyways for that that coffee you know like two bucks even three bucks whatever so right now at first, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to charge anybody anything. I'm going to fly online. And um, so I got 
I, most of my, I guess you could say fans or following is on Facebook. So okay. Facebook is the one thing that I'm definitely going to be on. Um, IG, not so much, but I have to also keep in mind that for three months, I haven't been on social media, right? So I'm, during this time, I'm literally rebuilding, rebranding my business. And yeah, and I, I, a lot of my, I'm going to probably get in trouble for saying this, but a lot of my friends started scurrying in the mindset of scarcity. Like, I'm not going to get paid. The gym just let me go because so they don't have to pay me. Who knows about the government, all that jazz. And I get it. Believe me, in the back of my mind, it's there. It's like, oh my God, if I don't get paid and I can't pay my bills, do I have savings? Do I have enough? Um, and so I'm still going through that too, but I've, I've let that calm down, that voice calm down and be like, okay, how can I monopolize, how can I monopolize and how can I grow? How can I be creative? How can I take, use all my different avenues right now? So that's where I am right now with this. Um, I actually went online to DTS and they had a, 50% off sale on their online training. And I actually bought an online training and that's how I'm keeping my mind fresh and busy. Um, because I didn't want to get stale, um, uh, not being able to see bodies. Um, so that being said, that's where I am. And do I miss my participants? Yes. Could I have done a couple of one-on-one -on -one sessions virtually with my clients? No, because they're all older and they don't, they're not technically inclined, but yeah. also they don't want me to do virtual. They would rather me come to their house. Yeah. I said, no, I personally made that choice because my clients are older. Yeah. Should a leaf fall down with some Corona on it and that leaf ends up on my clothes and it ends up in the air and blah, blah, blah. I don't want to be the one to kill them. No. You know, and also too, I don't want to be at risk walking out of my house. No, no. So there's that. As for the kids, um, the teachers, because they were going on March break, did give them homework, thank God. Okay. And then on top of that, they were going to have a couple of strike days that are going on because here in, Tor in Toronto, we have, um, our teachers are striking. Thank so you. They, they gave the kids lots of homework. Um, Wednesday, it wasn't, Wednesday last week, I guess they were kind of getting bored of Fortnite and I decided, hey, let's do some homework. Yeah. They're like, oh, mom, it's March break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's overrated. We're going to be home now for three weeks. Let's go. And so we did fractions. And let me tell you, thank God my son's teacher actually makes them write out a really good um, explanation and information about how to do fractions. I reread it really quick. And I'm sitting there with Gianluca doing his homework with them. And he's having a hard time remembering how to do fractions. And I'm thinking, if you have a hard time, how come I remember at this point? But trying to reteach him how to do fractions as mom is so different than being a teacher. Yes. And I was trying to find different ways 
to try like going back to my ECE days, remembering all the different steps that you could take to, to make a sentence different, to have, have someone with special needs because my son also is dyslexic. Um, you know, have them have that learning environment. And there was a lot of, but mom, I don't, I just, I just, I just, and then it was like, you know what, let's try this again. So we got to the point where we did, we, I started to do the homework as our, as our uh, practice questions or explanation questions. Okay. So at the end of the two and a half hours that we did homework for, some of the homework would get done, right? Yeah. So that was good. Um, so my kids, they're out on their bikes, going for walks. Um, they're, my kids have never really been the computer junkies, so I've never had to really experience like five hours on the computer and pulling them away in the sense of, okay, you need to get all out of your pajamas. No, like, yeah. they're, my kids have their own kind of self-regulation um so that being said i haven't really worried about them it's more about the eating habits and you know hey it's lunchtime let's eat or it's dinner it's dinner time let's eat you know like because otherwise it's yeah mom in five minutes yeah mom in five minutes so um i mean we're just kind of pulling through we're just we're trying not to we're trying to stay away from each other but with each other yeah. um playing card games, playing chess, playing whatever it is that we can do to keep ourselves busy. Uh, we're not really that family that's struggling. I hate, like, I'm, I love to, I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. You know what I mean? So I'm sorry that we're not struggling, but in my house right now, we have a really great energy and vibe where this is just time at home, like extra time that we don't get. We're not rushing to a hockey arena. We're not rushing to ballet. We're not, you know, we're just chill. Taking the time to, to, to pause. Yes, reconnect. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Um, and, and there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with, um, being somebody or a family right now that is not struggling. There's nothing wrong um, with that. And there's nothing wrong um, if you are a family or someone that is struggling. Um, I know right now um, there's a lot of um, scarcity happening. Um, and and I, I like that you brought up insecurities um, within this time because I, I, I feel that right now, um, in times like this, um, it's what's um, what's arising to the surface within us, um, like the insecurities of am, am I going to have enough uh, money if, if this goes so long, or um, is my health going to drop because I'm going to become a couch potato, or all of these um, un uncertainties or insecurities within us, um, they're really a, a, a platform when they arise in our mind and, and in our thoughts for us to take the time to pause, reset, and kind of focus in and go, okay, if this is such a big insecurity or a big um, thing that brings so much fear into my life when something happens that is out of my control, then what can I do now to set up strategies that can then help um, 
you know, set aside these insecurities and, and, and not have them so deep within um, and, and they can't come always to the forefront. So rushing. Absolutely. Um, it's, uh, it's an interesting time that we're living in right now. And we hope, I hope that people are kind of like starting to see that they need to stay home. Because I yeah. know that there are some businesses out there that are still in, in, in that they're working. Um, the more we kind of listen to our government and just say, you know what, let's stay home, do the virtual thing, you know, um, one step at a time, we'll be able to get out and do life again quicker. Yes. yes. Um, and yeah, so I, I don't know what brought kind of my mindset on, but... Um, that my 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 change or my my confidence lies in the fact of there is an end, and yeah. this is only this is this is the beginning to the end of what comes next, yeah. and our world is slowly evolving, and uh, we're I'm just going for the ride. I'm going for the flow. Yes, and and, and that's all that we all can do right now is yeah. um, um, go with the flow do our, our due diligence in, in staying home, staying away from people, um, proper hygiene and stuff like that. Um, I made a video about responsibility right now. We all have a responsibility and in, and if you break that down, it's our, it's our ability to respond to life and, and, and what we're doing within the time that it is given to us. And right now it is stay home, wash your hands, you know, and within our abilities, um, and, and to do what do what you need to do to keep your your body, your mind, your soul, your emotions healthy and positive. Absolutely. Um, so, my my final kind of question for you, um, bef before I get there, I want to um, say thank you so very very much. Um, for joining me uh, today. I absolutely loved our conversation. I loved learning more about you. Um, where can my listeners find you? I am on Facebook. Um, I am on Instagram. I, am, I do have my own website. So my company name is Heart and Soul Fitness, which is spelt H-E-A-R-T-N-S-O-L-E dot ca or on ig it's heart and soul fit um so those are the places or finding me under melissa mizuko or m zuko so m underscore z u c c o uh and that's basically it and and i'm on the west end doing classes so if you're at um Bloor and islington there's memorial pool and health club i'm also at u of t at the heart house doing um a couple of classes there i do bar zumba and pound so yeah i'm really literally cp24 all over the place <laughs> amazing um before i get to my very final question i just want to um say thank you for being you. Thank you for sharing your vulnerability today, uh, sharing your story. Thank you for um, being such a positive light to all those you come in contact with, um, whether it's virtually now or in person. Um, thank you for being such a, a open 
safe space for people to really just come and be themselves, shake their booties and, and just become their best self. Um, I really uh, appreciate that. And, and that's what the world really, really needs right now. So thank you so very much for that. Thank you. Um, my final question for you is what is your perspective on positivity? How do I see positivity? Positivity I see as, um, uh, huh. it's about having a feeling, an energy that is like the sun that you exude out and is more like a light and inspiration for those around you. It allows for self-talk that will promote what you desire. And it's the fact of walking down the street with a smile versus a I like, I like that. That is amazing. I like that. Um, thank you once again, uh, so very much for joining me on the positive spark plug podcast, um, listeners go find Melissa, follow her journey, shake your booty with her, have some fun and, uh, keep listening. Thank you guys. So very, very much, Melissa. Thank you very, thank very you. much on all of uh, today's lessons, insights, and inspirations. Thank you. Well, my friends, there you have it. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you guys did, please like, share, rate, and review this episode, Positive Spark Plug Podcast. It truly does help me. I truly appreciate it. I want to get these guys' stories out to the world. I want to get this value out to the world. And it all starts with you. So please, if you feel that this story could help somebody um, progress in their life, turn their life around a little bit, help them in any way, please share it, share it, share it. Thank you guys so very much for always giving me your time and listening to the Positive Spark Plug. Like always, it is now time to go and do something positive and be positive.